Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Deidre. And I'm Megan. And today we have on our show an Enneagram 7, my friend Sarah Vanderquack. Sarah, tell us about yourself. Hello. I am, I live in Greenville. So I've known Megan. Megan was actually my high school youth leader. So. We don't need to tell stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're super close in age. So that's what I'm saying, right? Um, but yeah, I live in Greenville. I grew up here. And I've been married for five and a half years, almost six, and have two kids and one on the way. And we live at Durley Camp and Retreat Center, if anyone's been to Durley. So that's fun. Or if anyone should book something yeah, at Durley. Yeah, sure. You talk to me. That's what I do. <laughs> okay. So two children and one on the way in less than six years. How you holding up there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we did, had a retreat a couple weekends ago, and you guys asked a question. What's something that you wouldn't have believed about yourself when you were 10? I think that was one of my questions. And I said, how much I like vegetables now and <laughs> how many kids I have <laughs> by 30. So, yeah, it's a surprise. God was in control with that one for sure. So is this the last baby or are you still leaving it up to God? Of course, leaving it up to God because I hope we can adopt. That's That's one of our dreams. So we'll see. Keep you posted. <laughs> we'll come back in a few years yeah, and do another good. podcast just in case the listeners are wondering. Yes, to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, so we always have to ask our guests as we're talking about Enneagram types, like what was your journey to learn about the Enneagram and really specifically to settle in on your number? Yeah. So I I don't know if this is a seven thing because you have to tell me if it's a seven thing. I, since I was young, had this... If, if if it got popular, like um, Napoleon Dynamite or Tater Tots, things like that, I refused. <laughs> tater Tots were yeah, popular? Yeah, well, they were because they were in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, was, oh okay, know. okay. So okay. like everyone at lunch was like, Tater Tots, Napoleon Dynamite. So I refused to watch it because everyone else was watching it. So the Enneagram has been one of those things where I'm like, everyone's obsessed with the Enneagram. I'm just not going to learn about it. So I had two friends, two of my best friends. They're in my wedding learned so much about the Enneagram and they're like, you're seven, you're seven, you're seven. But they would tell me what it meant and they made it sound like I was this class clown and like flippant and airheaded. And I was like, I refuse to be that person and I'm not going to learn about any of it. So they just kept telling me this over and over again. But then one of the girl's husbands is a seven and she was like, you are misunderstanding all of this. This is what a seven is. I was like, oh. So after that, that's when I started learning about it. So what was it that she told you that made it click for you? The one thing that she said that made it click, she said, when my husband is in a good place, um, like healthy, emotionally, doing really well, he will be in a hammock reading a book. That is where he'll be at. He'll just be content and loves to read, loves adventure, but just can also just be. And I think I had misunderstood that sevens just needed people, needed attention, needed to do the next thing, like always needed to be going. And so when she said that, I was like, okay, now I will listen to you. <laughs> well, and that's interesting too, because even though we have types that are, you know, grouped by different things, we also have introverts and extroverts of each yeah. of those and all other kinds of personality behaviors that build on that as we grow. So you would describe yourself as more of an introverted seven. Is that right? Yeah. Every test I've ever taken, it comes back as like 4951. <laughs> like it's right <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely need time to recharge. And my husband is a massive introvert. And so getting to know him more and seeing how he's recharging, I think I just was like, oh, yeah, that is that is actually 
how I recharge. I love being around people, but just feel, realizing the recharging statement there has changed that for me. So what is your husband's Enneagram number? He's a one. So <laughs> ones and seven share a line. Uh, sevens go to one in stress. Ones go to seven in security. Uh, what does that look like for you guys to have that line sharing with each other? Yeah. So I actually had a good realization at a retreat because we met in California and we were met and married in nine months. He wasn't working. Like we were doing this ministry school together, which was fun. That had hard things about it, but it was fun overall. And we were going kayaking and hiking and exploring. And so he was, I think going towards that seven of just fun and playful and adventurous. And I was happy as could be. We were dating, falling in love. And now I'm like, oh, man, I miss that. I miss that um, just ability to go adventure together. So learning more and more about the ones and the sevens and seeing how with having kids and all the changes that we've had in the last five years, we've moved like four times, five times. Um, just seeing how it's been cool to actually realize that we know each other better than I thought that we did because we understand each other in that way. He's probably a good balance to you sometimes when you need it, but maybe also a challenge when he's in a space where, like you said, you just want to go on an adventure and he's like, yes. but we have a task list to accomplish. Yes. That that <laughs> happens. That does happen. Yes. <laughs> but he also has been really good at knowing my need for spontaneity. So even if it's like, hey, let's, even if it's something more on the responsible side, but it's a person like, let's go do this thing and get this checked off the list together today. And it's still exciting for me because it's, it's spontaneous and I wasn't expecting it. Like it wasn't on the calendar three days yeah. before yeah. where you had to wrap your head around exactly. it. Like, see, that's my yes. love language to my family. If you know it's coming, <laughs> isn't that better? And they're probably all like, could you just surprise us every once in a while, mom? Exactly. <laughs> that's a good so, note for me to yeah. take. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've heard um, the, an introverted seven talking about that one line because he's married to a one um, on this podcast I listened to. And basically he was saying that when his wife gets into that seven space, it's like scheduled spontaneity. Ah, That's yes. what they refer to it as. Yes. So I'm guessing when Neil is going into that space with yes. you, it's still a little bit of a scheduled spontaneity. Yes, yes. And I remember when we were first married, I we had nine months of marriage and I kind of freaked out because I was like – I've had nine months. Every nine months, something's changed. Like school is every nine months. And then oh. we finished that. And then I had a job for nine months. And then I was doing something else for nine months. And school was for nine months. And it was like, we've been ready for nine months. And this is the first time since kindergarten, something hasn't changed. And I love change. Like I just need things to move and adapt and flow. And he was like, we're moving the furniture around. And it was just really Aww. exciting. So I was like, you yeah, thank you so much. That's such a beautiful so. <laughs> love language to know that you need that and find a way to give it to you in yes. a healthy space. Yeah. And like, we're not getting divorced at nine months window. So what else can we do? Let's move the furniture. Yeah. So yeah, we were, had no money. So that's what we did. And it was fantastic. So shout out to Neil. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think note taken for the rest of us who need to figure out how to incorporate things for people we love in a way that's meaningful to them without realizing we have to be different people to do yeah. that. We can yeah. acknowledge what someone needs and find ways to give it to them. That's just a sweet gift like that. That's oh. really good. So in terms of things changing and becoming a mom, what does that look like for you now? I mean, it's a little bit harder because kids mm -hmm. don't adapt yeah, <laughs> to don't. what we need. <laughs> kids are so selfish. They're so selfish. Those two-year-olds. <laughs> Those yeah. two-year-olds and four-year-olds. Yeah, that's – again, I'm just going to keep mentioning the retreat. That was something I asked for prayer for because I 
I don't even remember who had mentioned this, but I think it was you with perfectionism with your kids. Um, for me, realizing that having kids and our first one came way earlier than I expected, um, I just wasn't ready to not be independent. So being independent with my husband was the best because we got to go on all these adventures and I just had a built-in best friend. Um, but having a child, we have nap times and needs and all these things that I don't understand. And I just felt really trapped and not necessarily losing myself, but just feeling resentful that I have to like shelve all these ideas that I had in my head. Um, and so I think that kind of morphed into giving myself permission to have adventures with my kid and not, um, not have to be like, I thought the perfect mom needed to be. And so that mm-hmm. looked like being like, all right, we are, even if this doesn't make sense, I'm loading up the car and we're going to the park and we're going to go to the lake and we're going to do all these things and we're going to nap in the car and it's going to be great. And trying to figure out that balance too has made it definitely harder. But, yes. um, yeah, again, coming back to Neely, it's just given me space to go and do the things that I need to do. Go to the coffee shop and paint at the coffee shop that I used to do and love to do. So trying to find out who I am as a mom and that God's called me to be a mom right now, but I'm also not lost in being a mom. That's, That's really good. Yeah. So I think you answered the question that was forming, which was, so now that you feel that permission, how does that change how you parent? But I think you just kind of said it. And I just wonder if you want to expand on that a little bit. Like you're giving yourself permission to have the adventures with your kids, but what about for just you emotionally? What does mm. that look like? Oh, that's a good question. And we love asking sevens about emotions. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I think I have gotten excited about dreaming of adventures with my kids. And so thinking of like going canoeing with my boys this summer, we couldn't do that in the past years because they were too little or like we've tried and (laughs) didn't go very well. And so thinking about getting to go on camping adventures and things that I just didn't dream about. I was dreaming about my own adventures and myself traveling to Italy and myself doing these things. And so making that bigger and getting excited about dreams with my family, with my boys and teaching them things and letting them teach me things, that kind of that does that make sense? Does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. It turned well. It's reframing it, which is a gift that you would have <laughs> as a seven, but also just getting a different perspective, which I think God has a way of allowing us to do when we when we start surrendering to what He's called us mm-hmm. to. Like you said earlier, you had to just tell yourself, okay, this is the season that I'm called to be a mother, yeah. and I think that's a posture of surrender to God's call on your life because you won't always be a mother of toddlers. Yeah. You know, you, this yeah. is a season, and so that <laughs> I, anytime we put God where He belongs, it causes a worship response from us to shift our perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good clue for any Enneagram type. Like if you're struggling with something, maybe you need to get God's perspective on that yeah. season of your life. It shifts things really yeah. amazingly yeah. and it's beautiful. Yeah. And that, I mean, it does come back to what you said at the retreat, Deidre. You had mentioned having to give up perfectionism as a mom as you're a one and I <laughs> had to give up independence. And I like, since that conversation, I've just thought about that a lot. Like, giving up independence in being a mom with my kids doesn't mean that I'm giving that up forever. It just means this season and I get to figure out what this looks like. And there's good things because God's made it happen. That's really good. 
So one of the gifts and curses of the seven is that <laughs> reframing and like finding that silver lining, which uh-huh. we all need. Um, but seven, sometimes sevens can take that to an extreme where they just don't deal with the harder things in yeah. life. And I'm wondering if you would be willing to be a little vulnerable with us yeah. and share what that has looked like when you've dealt with hard things. Absolutely. Let me think of what I want to share. Okay. I got it. Um, when we were first married, we moved to Ohio uh, to do a church plan. And in my wise 24, five-year-old self, I had been a part of a church plan. And so I was like, oh, I've done this. I know how we do this. And it's going to go as amazingly as it did the first time. And it's it'll have some hard things, but it's not going to be that bad. Like I just was like, this will be perfection. And we moved into this city that I did not know. And it was the first time that I lived around gunshots and car chases and all the things like literally going on a walk on a Sunday. And we had to like go up against a building because the car chase like went through us like at an alley. (laughs) So it was just a whole new world and being married. And I just kept pushing like, no, this is going to be great. This is exactly what's supposed to happen. And that was fine. That was normal. That was like, (laughs) just like not processing it. And and then it just came to a point of breakdown where I just was like, I can't do this. This is so hard. This is, I'm scared all the time, like processing how I was really feeling. But I just, I felt like I was betraying myself a little bit because it's oh. like, but you are the one that's supposed to see how this can work out. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that we had to make a choice after a positive pregnancy test. Are we moving? Are we recommitting for five years or 10 years or however else, how long we want to be here? And that was a really, really hard thing in our marriage because Anil really wanted to stay. He's very committed. He's very responsible, very loyal. And I was freaking out. I was like, now I'm pregnant and I don't know what to do. And I'm like all of these things. And so we look back to that time in our marriage and we still don't know if we made the right answer. Like we still don't know if we made the right choice, but it was definitely something where I was like positive, 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 even when I was crying myself to sleep. Oh, wow. And then it kind of came to a point of like, I can't, I'm so scared. I'm just, this is, I don't know what to do. And so that was a time where I didn't handle (laughs) the emotions super well. Well, you said a word there that I wouldn't have put with a seven, that betrayal piece, but it's Mm -hmm. like your need to stand independently so much until you feel like you betray yourself because you, here I am, like I'm supposed to be able to handle this and I'm supposed to be able to handle it with a good attitude and a positive outlook and I can't. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure to live with. Yeah. I mean, I, I think maturity in Jesus has definitely helped that. Sure. Um, but even this past week, so fast forward almost six years, something hard happened in my life about six weeks ago. And I knew that my spirit was off and I was just struggling and I was feeling way more anxiety and overwhelmed, just lots of things. And I just kept praying through it. And I was like, man, I'm just not doing well. And I would cry like while the boys were napping, but then, you know, pull it all back together. And just like three nights ago, I got into bed and it was like, what's wrong? And I started sobbing and I was like, I'm just not well. I don't know. Like, I don't know what words to put into it. And he prayed over me and read scripture over me and something shifted then. But it took again, building, 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 building until I was just weeping. And it was, I mean, I am pregnant, but at the same time, it was like an hour of crying, like hard crying rather than being able to have had more conversations building up to them. So Yeah. So maybe giving yourself permission, just like you did with your kids to dream about adventures, also giving yourself permission to feel some of the feelings that aren't the positive feelings. Yeah. And like, that's not a betrayal. That's not, 
a reason to feel that you can't still stand independently, you know, but you're giving yourself permission for that. Just like for me, I had to give myself permission to not look perfect. And that took a long time for me to say it versus believe it. And I'm still not sure that I do. (laughs) I get frazzled too easily about things unraveling, but I'm working on it. So we all have to just find those keys that work for us that we keep putting in the door, even if it's late to the party, even if we're, even if we've already sobbed, we're like, oh yeah, I remember I forgot to get that key out to give myself permission. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It must be awful to still be dealing with your issues, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Okay. Well, whatever. (laughs) We love our fours, too. (laughs) Listen, Um, I think it's funny um, that you were so opposed to the Enneagram at first because it sounded really four-ish of you to be like, oh, no, it's too popular. Everyone likes it. I wanted to be like you, I guess. I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) Wait, don't you share a line? No, sevens go to oh, ones go to five and four. insecurity. That's right. Ooh, what does that move look like for you? I we talk about time zones a lot um, because sevens are future oriented in that aggressive yes. stance. Um, but your move back to five insecurity, it's actually a past oriented move. So I call it jumping back to time zones. What does that look like oh, for you? Yeah. Well, this is where I get a little confused in the Enneagram personality, all those things, because I took the strengths finders test a long time ago. And guess what my number one was? Woo. So, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And I don't remember the other orders, but positivity and futuristic sure. were on there, right? So I don't feel like I think backwards a whole lot. You Do you research or maybe start to regather information or maybe even just in planning something, you want to go find out all the things in Italy there are to do? Or know. slow down even? Yeah. Maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah, I definitely like researching. I love planning trips and looking at like what other people have done and what they think's the best thing and what else is out there. Yeah. I think Maybe. that's a really good gift mix of that seven and five space because a seven's going to be really anticipatory to what's coming and that excitement. Um, but that five space allows you to just kind of um, plan so that you're not just jumping in last minute crazy hmm. without knowing what you're getting yourself into. So, so it probably is needed for sevens in some of those spaces. So it's a good thing I'm an event planner. That's what I do for work. Nice. Yeah. I didn't actually know that. <laughs> well, I guess that's part of the retreat center. Yeah. Right? That's, okay. I just, that's my job is I plan all the events. So – yeah. Awesome. Okay. Fit, so, I guess. because you and your husband share a line with one, he is a one, but you go to one in stress. What does that look like? Obviously, this we might need to talk through this with you too, yeah. since you're not real familiar with that. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, yeah. Give me, give me a little more prompting. Can you do that? So, a one is obviously going to be a little bit more task oriented, mm-hmm. um, productive. But when a seven goes there, it can look a little bit more like frantic, critical. Oh, yes. So, like, my in laws are coming in a few days. <laughs> okay, and this would be a good example yeah, of where you go and stress. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I love them dearly, but we haven't seen them in six months. And my mother in law, she's going to listen to this, is a phenomenal cleaner. And it's just not my biggest strength in the whole world. And so I'm like, we have to clean the microwave and the oven and we have to mop and we have to wash the dog and everything has to be done. And here's the list. And Neil, your name is next to these ones because now I'm pregnant and these are harder for me to do. And Liam and Beckham, you're helping too. Help, help. I'll give you ice cream. So it comes into that like Nazi, like this is what everyone's doing. Listen up and no one will get anything until they're done. Yeah, and the blind spot, we always have a blind spot, which is like wherever we go, well, that would be insecurity, not stress. So, okay, never mind. doesn't apply here. (laughs) 
So, but the thing about that stress move to one, four, seven is that you can go into like where you're yelling at everyone and demanding it and being hypercritical mm. if they're not doing it your way. Or like, you know what? We really need to buckle down and be productive. So let's do this and let's divide the list and get it done. So. Yeah. I'd like to think that I'm more of the latter in that. You can maybe ask my family. (laughs) Oh, my kids are famous for like, you just scream at me. I'm like, you have not even heard (laughs) screaming. Now, did I raise my voice? Did I get a little rigid? Perhaps. Yes. But let's define what screaming or even yelling is. Yes. I remember at story time. Liam was probably three and we were at the library and my mom was with us and the book was about um, a mom who yelled. And I was just like, oh no. And my mom at the end goes, Liam, does your mommy yell? And he goes, no, she's so nice. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You were expecting that to go a little differently. (laughs) Hey, but that shows you how much grace children have. We are way too hard on ourselves. (laughs) Until they're a teenager, then they're harder on us. But right now, they're very forgiving. Very forgiving. (laughs) Yeah, that's not how my kids would have answered that question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we talk a little bit in each episode just about the journey with the Lord and Mm -hmm. how knowing more about some of these things, Mm -hmm. what that looks like in your walk with Jesus too. I mean, obviously you were a strong Christian before, so not knowing the Enneagram didn't like change your relationship with the Lord, but has it opened up more awareness or more places for repentance or surrender? Yeah. Um. Well, here's a question for you. I'm, again, learning in this, all the Enneagram things. Would you guys say that gifts are significant to a seven? Receiving of gifts. I mean, that kind of goes into the love languages, but do you feel like you've seen receiving gifts as a significant part? Of- I have not done any research on the correlation between that. I would think any number could still have any love language, yeah. but that probably some love languages tend to lend themselves more. So I can see how a seven, because gifts are like, Spontaneous, spontaneous, yeah. and a surprise. I can see mm-hmm. how that would definitely play into it. Okay, well, we'll just say that it does. So, <laughs> that sounds good. We're on board. Um, one thing that I, in the past few months, I had gotten some counseling, um, and the woman had asked me. She said, "Do you feel like God has spoken to you through gifts?" And I. I realized that, like, that's something that has been significant in my relationship with the Lord. Like, I can tell so many stories of him just something. um, One silly example is I was at my house when we were in California, and I literally said to the girls, I was like, man, I just really want some chocolate chip cookies. She says, can we have some chocolate chip cookies? Like, kind of sarcastically, literally the doorbell rang, and our neighbor opened opened the door, and it was a dozen chocolate chip cookies, and he was just like, these just came out of the oven, and I just couldn't help but bring them over to you guys. And it was one of those moments where I'm like... (laughs) Jesus heard my prayer. Like, <laughs> what? And there's just been so many of those moments. And um, in counseling, she, I, so I said, yeah, absolutely. And she said, I just think God is wanting you to know that he's giving you gifts because he wants you to know that he can give you gifts without any um, – there's no strings attached. So he just wants to give you lavish gifts on you, and he knows that you love them, and he knows what gifts you like, and he's just a really good dad. And I think in that moment I realized I love gifts in the natural from people that I love, but realizing that God has given me the most gifts, like funny ones, like chocolate chip cookies, yeah. out of anybody in my life, um, it was just a really sweet moment with Jesus, like – yeah, I mean, he's just been faithful, but also he has personality, and he can give all these little things, and it's not just this removal of God in me. 
if that makes sense. I love that because um, when we talk about the Enneagram, we tend to teach it to some of the more negative sides of who we are mm. because those hit pain points that we're like, oh, I totally identify with that. Mm. Um, but then we also then are like, like you said at the beginning, well, I don't want to be that number because it sounds like all of these issues yeah. with, comes with it, you know, and like for me, I don't want to be a one. They're so critical and yeah. standoffish and blah, blah, blah. But I think God knows these things about us and he yeah. knows how to speak to the really deep precious treasures that he's given like within the way he wired us and to kind of call us into a deeper relationship with him because we start to trust more like you you know oh my gosh you care that I had chocolate chip cookies today what a good father and we just trust a little bit more every time we lean into that Mm -hmm. space where Mm -hmm. he's celebrating how he made us you know there's good things about every type and that's really beautiful yeah uh something negative let's go there (laughs) um I think well, so we have are having dinner with some friends weekly, and we have there's three couples, and there's a one and a seven. Me, so me and my husband, another one and a seven, and then a five and a seven. Oh, fine. And so the two husbands are sevens, and then I'm the seven. And we, Neil and I, were talking about this great group of friends, but I was just like, man. I, like I love all of them, but it'd be really fun just to hang out with the guys because we can just like <laughs> talk about like just light stuff. Like we don't need to like go deep all the time. Like, it doesn't always have to be deep. Yeah, we can just talk about sports or food or whatever. And I mean, I do love going deep. He'll, he would call me out, out on that right now. He's like, you love heart to hearts. But in like a setting like that, I do just like to be like, just talk about the fun things instead of, but then I leave and I'm like, I don't actually know how they're doing. And I like balance with like struggle with that, you know, where he's like, well, you could ask them deeper questions while you're there. And I'm like, but I don't want to go there. And so that's like a negative thing that I struggle with. If that doesn't, yeah. Oh, it totally makes sense. Makes okay. sense. <laughs> but I think it's funny because when you were on the retreat with us a few weeks ago and I asked you what number you were, you said seven and I was going to challenge you on that because <laughs> I knew you in high school and you were not what I thought of as a seven. And every time you open your mouth and say something, I'm like, oh my word, you're such a seven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And I also came to the retreat and didn't really talk to anyone for the first day. And chose to go to bed at 930 and at night. At 9:30. But I mean, you're pregnant with two <laughs> little babies at home. So... But yeah, so I'm not the class clown, everyone. Right. Yes. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm really glad that you agreed to do this because you are more introverted. So I know this was not like an easy step forward for you to come and be on a podcast where people are going to listen to you. But um, just on the Instagram account that I run, I run into sevens a lot who don't like the stereotypes because they are a little bit more introverted and that's just not a, a word we pair with sevens very often. So I was really excited that you agreed to do this because I wanted to give an example of how we can be driven by those core longings and fears of a number and not look like what that number is supposed mm-hmm. to act like. And so mm-hmm. I just really appreciate your willingness to step out there. Mm-hmm. Thanks. It was so good to have you today. And I hope others who either are seven or maybe have sevens in their life listen to this and are encouraged. But at the very least, just as Christians who are saying, God, show me what you have for me and let me celebrate how you made me. I think that's just a gift that you've given to everybody here. So we appreciate you. Mm, Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We're on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries, and our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. And you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash team DGM. 
For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for information and pricing about individual coaching sessions. And we even offer virtual and in-person staff training opportunities for your organization. You can also follow me on Instagram at Enneagram Megan. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org. And while you're there, check out our retreat for this November 2021 in Colorado. We have registration live and we would love to see you there.